Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Yo, yo, folks. Welcome to Excellent Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Once again, thank you ever so much for pressing that play button. Now, I know a lot of you are working out, you're perhaps driving to work, and this episode is really, really pertinent for those of you that are doing all of that whilst trying to raise a family. And that is the issue that we're defining, challenging, and of course, conquering on today's episode. How you can specifically run a small business and even more specifically, a startup with a family. It's kind of a follow-up to the Katie Portman episode. So if you head over to excellence-expected.com, do a search for Katie Portman. You'll hear a lot of fantastic insights from Katie as well on this. So I'm looking forward to digging into the uh, into the topic with today's guest. Speaking of which, it's not often that I get someone on the show that I've known for such a long time. We've we've had a few people on there. I've obviously had Don. We've had Daniel Moore on the show. But today is someone that I've known for probably coming up to 15 or even 16 years. So it gives me a huge, huge pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Adam Farrer. How are you doing, dude? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I am uh, I'm, I'm chilled, pretty chilled. I like these friend shows because it's a bit more chilled and, you know, there's a little bit more banter going on. So I kind of like that. Yeah, but 15 years, wow, that, it, it doesn't seem like that. Probably awful more than mine, but 15 years, geez. It's a long time. Time flies mm. when you, uh, I was going to say time flies when you're having fun, but time just flies because that's what time yeah. does. Time flies when you're getting old. Exactly. And speaking of getting old, when we first met, none of us had families, but obviously you do now have a beautiful family. Adam has just got married, by the way, folks. So a big congratulations to Adam. Thank there. you. <laughs> so of course you have a beautiful young family and you're also running a tech startup and mm. That is what we're here to talk about today. So just tell people a little bit about the startup, where the idea came from, what it is, and, and you know, the journey that you're on with that. So um, I, I've been interested in sort of the connected car space for quite a while, and I've always been looking for something to do. And I'm the kind, I've got the kind of personality where I'm always playing with new things. I'm always trying out. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coder by trade, so I'm always trying new things. I'm always trying to see what little systems I can hack and what little things I can put right. And as I say, I was looking for something in the connected car space, and my then fiance was pregnant, and she had this beat-up car, and she broke down in the middle of nowhere. And to cut a long story short, she was um, she was waiting on her own for a few hours for some help from one of the big... Um, one of the big recovery operators. And so I sort of sat back a little bit and I, and I had a little think about what went on and all the challenges that, that she was facing. And I thought something needs to change. Something needs to be done about this. Now, Uber at the time was gaining a lot of traction. The on-demand word was kicking around quite a bit. And it sort of gets your head into that space. It gets your head into, an, right, how can I do something on-demand, something quickly? And so the idea was born for Cavalry. And it's had a couple of pivots in its life, but Cavalry is basically um, an on-demand roadside assistance service. So um, at the minute, it's um, it's an app in pre-launch, and eventually it's going to be a full platform. So it takes care of customers, and it puts them in touch with independent operators. And that all came about, as I say, because my uh, 
my now wife was pregnant, stuck in the middle of nowhere, needed some help and wanted more transparency about the situation. So I think what you do nowadays when you talk about tech startups is you just think, you know, you just think that it's um, everybody's sort of trying to copy the same model of success that they've seen before in the press. Um, but in the on-demand space, I think what you've got is you've not just got a model for success. You've got a model for a brand new, a brand new type of economy, really. You know, you put in people who ordinarily you wouldn't have ever been in touch with. You're putting them in touch with the customers. And um, so, so that's what Cavalry is. It's a, it's, it's a platform to get help. And it's something that we really care about. And, you know, we really do want to want to help these people out. Um, and so we, as I say, we're in pre-launch and we are, um, we're just looking to get a, a regional launch going and then push it out nationwide. It's an interesting concept. And we'll just dig into that on-demand space for a second before we get to the, the, the issue at hand. Because that, that, I think what you said there about it becoming almost another industry on demand, I always equate to kind of like the app culture. Yeah. You know, when, mm. when apps were first created, when, when Steve Jobs introduced this idea of a packaged app that could be developed by external developers and put onto a phone really, really easily, effectively created a new industry. And I think you're right. I think on demand's kind of heading down that path, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, um, at present, it's getting a little bit of a, um, a sticky wrap in the press with, you know, they're now starting to dig in because they, because it's becoming more, um, more mature. People are starting to dig into the nitty gritty of the on-demand world. And a, a lot of people did see it as just that, as just an app, you know, but there is a lot more behind that. There's a service, there are, there are customers, there are contractors. Um, and so, it, yeah, now that it's maturing, people are looking into how is this going to work as a viable business model and how can we, scale grow and still keep sort of the heart of this on-demand economy in the business um so it's it's an interesting one I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it will play out obviously there are differences in the states and um and the uk with with sort of like the contracting laws but it's it's uh, it's an interesting one and it's one that as i say i'm looking forward to seeing how it how it works We'll keep tabs on that as well. I'd be really keen to do a show on, on the journey of that and just, just looking back when the, the business becomes more mature, looking back on some lessons learned from that. So I think we'll get that one booked in as well at, uh, yeah. at some point. So let's dive into the issue at hand then. So you're trying to build up cavalry. You're trying to build these apps. You're trying to build the business around it. But also you've got to balance the family life. And I'm not talking about that work-life balance, that mythical kind of panacea that we're all trying to head towards because I'm, I'm fairly sure that that doesn't exist because it looks different for everyone so yeah. what is the current situation let's talk about um the stage of the family if you like so you, you're not running around with four 15 year olds that can take take care of themselves are you no we've just got a, a little girl she's um coming up to 15 months old now um and so you know we in some ways and this is probably showing my um my lack of knowledge for of having a teenager but in some ways i think it's a little bit harder having that little that that little complete dependent in the house you know you can't take your eyes off her when she's well she just started walking so you really can't take your eyes off her for a second you know they need constant attention they need constant nurturing um and you know thankfully my wife had um just a little over a year off work to look after her but but you know when you come home from work she needs um she needs a bit of reprieve you know you need some family time you need to keep everything um you need to keep the the balance of not not the work life but sort of the, the family and life balance you know you need to you need to make sure that you're all 
staying in touch with each other and you're all keeping on the same page. So, um, so yeah, she's 14 months old and it, it makes it, it makes it very difficult. You know, it, 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 there are a lot of things that if you were a single guy or if you didn't have, um, you know, if you didn't have a child, a lot of things that you sort of take for granted. So things like, you know, being able to come home from work and do an extra couple of hours, you know, things like working through lunch, you know, all these little, all these little tidbits, if you like, of family life that you just don't understand until you have children. So it's, it's one where you have to have a team of people at work that you can rely on. And it's one way you have to make sure that you're, that you're a team at home as well. You have to make sure that you're both on the same page all the time and that you talk and that you, you make sure that everybody knows that everybody's on the same page and that everybody knows really what's, what's going on, what stage you're at, what, what you've got planned for the next week, month, whatever, to make sure that you can all sort of juggle the life around everybody and that, you know, you can step in when the little girl needs taken care of and, you know, you can step out when you need to be working away, which has happened quite a bit. I think the one thing that I personally draw from that is is the point about the time being at a premium. Mm. And and not only the work time, I'm talking family time as well, because whichever side of this balance that you you are currently on at any given time, you have to commit one hundred percent to that, don't you? It's, you can't be half in, half out. Yeah, you can. And you know, one of the things that that I've got for your listeners is you need to make sure that that you you keep in you do keep yourself and or you work and your family separate you know you can't i speak from experience where if you've got your laptop in front of you and you're trying to get some work done and your family downstairs running around you just can't get it you just you just can't get your head in the right space so it breeds not it doesn't breed animosity or anything like that but it but there is a little bit of a you know just a I need to get this done, you know, so you need to really make sure that you're, you're in the right headspace before you, before you even tackle a startup or any new business as a, as a family man, especially a young family man. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, the things I'd be really keen to dig into is the productivity side of that, because if, if you are trying to balance everything and we, we spoke to, uh, we, well, we've spoken to so many people about this kind of work life balance and Deborah Owen articulated it fantastically on one of the previous episodes, which is it's more about finding a harmonious state than anything else. Yeah. And when you found that state, let's assume that you've got that balance relatively tight. You, you're pretty confident that you've got that. How do you make the most of that business time that you've got? Have you got any productivity tips or tweaks or any way that you've changed your working life to, to make the most of that premium time? So I'll, I'll put my hands up and say, I haven't got that yet. Um, you know, I think it'd be very difficult for anybody to say, you know, even, even with that family, that they have 100% got the, the, the key balance in check. You know, um, obviously there are ways that you can, you can mitigate a little bit, but one thing that I do is I segregate my days. So I make sure that on one day I'm looking at the week ahead. It's obviously going to be a Monday on a Monday. I'm looking at the week ahead and I'm looking at what I need to do. So have I got to book in some meetings with some potential operators? Have I got to do social media? So I'm categorizing the week ahead. That's, that's one of the things really that's, that's, that's turned around the business for me. It's, and what I mean by that is not just going at it, with you know like a headless chicken you need to make sure that you've got defined paths for the week and you need to make sure that you stick to them as well because it's all well and good writing things down you know getting some evernote slide up or something like that you you need to make sure that you stick to them so categorize and stick to it 
that's really important. I like the 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 idea that we all feel a little bit better about ourselves if we make a to-do list. Yeah. And it's kind of all right if we don't do what's on that to-do list because we've got a to-do list, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a bit ridiculous, really. And then you get to the end of the week, you look back and you go, well, you know, 15% of that got done, but guess what? Next week's to-do list. This is what that yeah. looks like. Yeah, so it, exactly. It rolls and rolls on, doesn't it? So I like the idea of categorization. And how do you go around prioritizing? Um, so if you have the categories, if you have a very defined set of, I guess, time that you can work, how do you go about prioritizing that? What what makes you think something is important? Where do you focus your attention? So in the startup world, you've got, um, especially the sort of pre-seed. Um, so I'm not going to talk about terms. I'm sure a lot of your listeners do know. But, you know, you've got the different stages that a startup's at. And being pre-launch, having not had any outside funding, we're pre-seed. So we are trying to get into the accelerators. So these are a group of usually um, previously exited um, tech startups and execs and venture capitalists, and they're willing to put the time in and the money to help your business grow. So, so when you are at that stage, you, you, you are just wanting to get even a viable product out, but you're also wanting to make sure that you can get into these accelerator programs. And usually you're looking at two, three months in the future for getting to this accelerator program. So that's what we do. We tend to look two months in the future. Okay, what what position do we want to be at? In, let's say this accelerator two months ahead. What position do we want to be at for that accelerator? Then you just you, you make your path fit getting into an accelerator. So whether that's something like you need to make sure that you've got all the bugs worked out of your apps, whether that's, you know, you need to make sure that you've got some servers up and running, you need to make sure you've got plenty of operators on board. You need to make sure you're covering the right regions. Whatever it is, we work to a, a path to accelerate at the minute. So it's a path to getting um, getting into the eyes, hearts, and minds of the people that, that will accelerate the business. And, you know, all the time keeping in mind that, especially our business, we heavily rely on um, on operators, so on technicians, on independent technicians out there. So all the while, you know, it's all well and good having this to-do list and, and actioning bits on that to-do list. But there's a, there's a sort of a heartbeat running through the day where you're thinking, I need to make sure that I'm talking to this technician here. I need to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm not letting my other priorities, um, uh, you know, make me miss speaking to the people that are going to help run the business or the people that are going to help grow the business. So, so to go back to the question, it's really a case of looking in the future, looking at where you want to be and then making your to-do list, defining your path for that, that future. What I like about that is that it's, it's kind of a modular approach to the old, the old classic. I think it's from the seven habits of highly effective people, the old Stephen Covey book. It's, it's begin with the end in mind, but what you're saying there is, which I really, really resonate with is take that approach and make it modular. So actually where do we want to be in, a week, a month, yeah. two months, and then bring it right back to the beginning. What steps do I need to take today to achieve where I need to be tomorrow and so on and so forth? I imagine that keeps you really focused. It does. And it kind of plays into a little bit of the um, the lean startup model. So penned by Eric Reese. Um, you know, it's everything's an experiment. Everything is 
um, a test, really. So, so you can, you know, you can get bogged down in. I don't want to say bogged down because the end game is is the important thing. But you are going to change. You're going to reiterate. You're going to pivot so many times that you need you need this more modular approach. You need to make sure that you are working towards still, you know, still. <sighs> still short term but the longer short term and vice versa you know you need to make sure that you're working towards these achievable goals and you've got a um a, a defined path for the very near future in your mind the the old eric reese version of experimenting i think is is something that if you've not read it dig in and read that because that mm. can revolutionize how you deal with things and just speaking about experiments in business let's jump over to the other foot which is the family side of things when you decided to dive into cavalry, when you you got the go ahead in your own mind, said, "Look, this is something I believe in." How did you go about setting that up at home? Did you have to do as much experimentation at home as you did in business to see what worked and what didn't work? Well, the the initial jump was um, I, I'd sort of been working, as I said, in the connected car space um, while I was running a, a job at a bank. Um, so, so I was working a lot of late hours at home. So I was doing 12 hours in the office and then coming home and working until late, you know, while my wife was pregnant, so she could see the work I was putting in. And then when I got to the point where it was a pivot and we decided that actually cavalry, the, the, the SOS, if you like, is, is the one to go for. My wife could see it. She could see the journey from, from a passion for something and then, a good business model and something that had affected her and something that we both wanted in our lives. So I think, I think we were quite lucky really because, you know, I've got the most supportive family that you could ever hope for, you know, both with my wife and, uh, you know, and your extended family, your parents, once they see the passion that you have for something and they see how much work you're doing in it, and then they can see for themselves that what you're working towards is a product that they themselves want to see. I really think it's almost a no brainer, you know, and, and I'm lucky enough to, to, to have that. Um, a lot of people aren't, a lot of people don't have, you know, partners that are as interested in the products and, and for those guys, they need to make sure that they're getting everybody on the same page. Um, but, but, yeah, it's a case of making sure that you can provide your family with, uh, you know, with a, a, a sort of a business that they can see working. And once you've got that, they'll, they'll dive in with your both feet. I like the idea of the journey. That's a really important thing for me, mm. because if you just turn up and say, listen, I'm going to be working 15 hour days you're probably not going to see me. And I'll tell you about it if it works. <laughs> you know, that's never going to work. So I do like yeah. the idea of involving people, especially the extended family as well, because that network of support you are going to need. And just to kind of take that a step further then, we're all in small business. And, you know, as I said, there are guys like us listening to this in the gym, listening to this whilst driving to work or walking the dog. And, Whilst we're listening to this, whilst we're walking that dog or whilst we're in the gym training, we've got business on our mind. We've got the problems back in the office on our mind, cycling around, circling through, and we're kind of subconsciously trying to solve them. When you've got that family time, we talked about the time being a premium. When you've got that family time, how do you turn off? Is that even possible? Can you switch that channel? I find it very difficult. I find it, it's, it to be honest, it's not one of the hardest things. Uh, sorry, it's not. It's not one of the easiest things. It's one of the most difficult things that you can do as 
as a family man. But the thing is, it, it, it almost doesn't seem like a change of personality. You know, it seems like something I've been doing forever. I've always had ideas that I've wanted to progress and I've always had passions that I've wanted to follow. And, you know, yeah, of course the family is a big, big passion and it's, it is a massive, the biggest part of your life. But, um, essentially you've got to really try, you've got to really try and work hard. And you know what? When you're holding your baby for the first time, you, you, you make a promise to them. You make a promise that you're going to do everything that you can to provide for that family. And sometimes it means having to go away for a little while, you know, having to step away and, you know, go to London for some meetings or something like that, but you do everything you can. And sometimes that does flow into playtime a little bit, but once you see your child smile, it kind of knocks you, it knocks you back into that family frame of mind. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's something that you've really got to, you've really got to experience the smile of your own child to, to know what that, that frame of mind is. And it, and it, nothing else really matters at that particular moment in time. I like that. That's, that's really, really powerful as well. And I'm sure so many of us will resonate. That will resonate with so many of us out there because as you say, it's, it is a complete life change. I know so many people have said the same thing. So let's just switch gear a little bit and move into you personally then. So Obviously, I've known you for 15 years. I know your mm. personality. I've known your habits, your drive, your ambition, and everything that goes along with you as a person. But since almost simultaneously deciding to start a tech startup and begin a family, how have your personal habits changed? And I mean, very specifically, your own personal habits. So, you know, the activities that you may have done in the past, you know, have they changed? Oh God, yeah. Well, you'll know this firsthand um, because you've you've seen it yourself in me. I used to be uh, not a gym rat, but I used to go pretty much five days a week. I used to be a martial arts teacher. Um, these were all my priorities at the time. You know, and when you've got a family, and I'm and I'm going to talk about the family angle really because, you know, I will I will make the the business work in every spare hour that I've got. It's the family time that matters. I stopped going to the gym because as soon as my my wife got pregnant, I wanted to go home and I wanted to spend some time with her. And I'll not lie, cooking took a little bit of a back foot. We started getting a few takeaways, and anyway. A year, two years later, and, you know, I've banged on two or three stone because the gym just has been erased from my life. Um, you know, shopping, that seems to have taken a bit of a back foot. Obviously, it's now because I'm, you know, I'm not working in the financial industry. I haven't got anywhere near as much money. But, you know, it's just, it's the little things that you sort of, you don't take for granted. But you look back a year or two later and you think, wow, yeah, I, I can really feel the difference from not going to the gym. I can really feel the difference for in, in confidence because I don't teach martial arts anymore. You kind of feel like you're letting people down a little bit because I used to teach kids class. Um, but you just haven't got time for it anymore and you have to, you have to prioritize. So cars, God, that's another thing you'll know, you'll know firsthand. Ask Mark about the first time he got in a car with me. I used to be a real car nut. I used to have sports cars, I used to have coupes, you know, anything with a, a V8 engine, brilliant. Now I've got a Golf Diesel because I'm a family man and I don't regret it. It's one of the best cars I've had, but it changes you. You know, if somebody was to come and look at me 15 years ago and look at me today, they would not recognize me at all. But I'm happy. I'm happy. I mean, you'll know that. I'm, you know, I'm happy with what I've got. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with all of the work that I have to do. And it is so much more work being, uh, you know, a startup founder. 
and a family man than I've ever had to do before, but I've never been happier. And that's a fa- I mean, that is a fantastic transformation. It, it, and it's a willing one as well. I think that's the, the key thing out of all of that is that's a very willing transforma- transformation, which I think just to kind of bring it back into what we're all feeling out there, you know, business people, you'll completely understand that when you get to Monday morning, you wonder how the heck you've got through the weekend without doing the things at home that you were supposed to do, whatever it was, whether it's a bit of DIY and whether it's going shopping. I can't, I I can't remember the last time I went purposely shopping for something without calling in. You know, it's these planned things that so many people take for granted. If you're in a startup or if you're a very high impact, high pressure environment and you're balancing that family life as well, the little things that you took for granted just disappear, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, have, going back to, you know, your your statement on the work-life balance, you don't think it really exists. The place where I used to work before, um, I'll not name it, but it was financial institution. They would have posters all over of this work-life balance. And you would be very lucky to leave the office, you know, or to not have 12-hour days. Um, so... So I'm close to home now. I've got more of a life, but I'm doing a lot, a lot less. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm working at the startup and being a family man. And yeah, that's not work-life balance. As you say, you can't really get it, but it's about what makes you happy. You know, this, this work-life balance, these, every passion that you've got, it's about finding what you want. And it's about this, you know, starting a, willingly starting a family like we have, or whether it's taking the jump into a startup business or whatever your business is, it's about finding what makes you happy and what your passion is. And I think from that, you can get any balance you like and you can, you know, the, the cars disappear and you're absolutely fine with it. The shopping disappears and you're absolutely fine with it because you're happy and you find that they all these little superficial um, little, you know, habits that you used to have before. They just, they just don't matter so much. The good, good one for me is, uh, is the clothes shopping. Yeah. What's that? I can't even remember what that is. I rely entirely on novelty DC Comics t-shirts that I get for Christmas. I know, I've seen them. Gets, they're brilliant, the Flash one, I love it. Gets <laughs> me right through the year, and then the year after, I get a pile of new socks, I get a pile of new novelty t-shirts, boom, 2016, done. And some turn-up jeans. And some turn-up jeans, which do look fantastic. I might put a picture of my turn-up jeans on. Uh, Don't do it, little, for the people. Don't do it. I get so much stick for these turn-ups out of my jeans, <laughs> folks. Honestly, you wouldn't believe it. I bought them, they're a little bit too long. All right, <laughs> but I do look cool, really cool. I'm putting a picture. On. That's it. Yeah, that's what's what about up. your yellow trainers as well. I'm wearing them now, actually. I got them for your wedding. Did you? Yeah. Oh, thanks for not wearing them. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just shift into. I want to talk about networks for a second because I think we all rely on networks in one way or the other. And I, I, in in my mind, for, for a situation like yours, you have very two very distinct networks. You've got, as you mentioned it earlier the business networks, the team, the people that you work with, and not necessarily people that you'd expect, so people that you just use for bits of user testing, for example. But then to flip that coin over, you've got the home team, you've got the extended family, which is what I'm particularly keen to dig into. Without the obvious, we need a babysitter, that, you know, the old classic, mm. how important is that that network of people on both sides of the fence? It, well, again, this is something that we realized once we'd had a baby and we needed that network. It is, it is, I genuinely 
take my hat off to anybody that doesn't have that network. And there are a lot of them out there. You know, you got you get a lot of single mums. You get a lot of people that just, you know, have moved away for a job and got pregnant and they don't have that same network. I don't know how these people do it. Because when, when you need, whether it's, you know, 10 minutes of solstice or whether it's somebody like you say this 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 famed babysitter when you need somebody to just take the reins for a little while and you can just call them up and they're there within 10 15 minutes you know it it is the it is the biggest i think it's it's one of the biggest um how can i put this it's one of the biggest helps when you're a parent you know it's one of the it's one of the best things you can get you've you've got people that will um come and babysit so thankfully you know being in a pre-launch startup we've not got any money coming in yet so we can't afford the childcare. so we've got the uh, the grandparents looking after the children they're both sort of retired now so we've got the grandparents looking after them so it's just it's again it's all the little things that you don't realize until you until you're smack in the middle of it you know it's it, it's not just help for a little bit of a uh, rain taking it's also the financial help you know, it's also the the making sure that you can still have all the family time that you want and your daughter, your children are still getting all of the attention that they want and they deserve and they need. Um, and you're keeping it in the family. You know, it's um, it's been fantastic. And it's not just that, it's friends who will just come in and step in. And the other side of that coin is, is the babysitting. You know, it is the the um having somebody come over and stop with her for a night or having to go and have you know having uh, our daughter go and spend some time with the grandparents because one of the things that i think people need to do to keep their own sanity as a family as well as um as, as well as you know keep their own sanity in business is take a break you know sometimes you do need to go away for a weekend i mean we've just done it now we just went you know me and my wife just went on a mini moon to london if you like um and we and gave him to the the grandparents for the weekend, and it's 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 things like that that you need from a support network, and it's it's uh, it is it is very very important, you know. And as I say, I take my hats off to anybody that doesn't have it because I I don't know how they wouldn't go crazy after a few months. And I hope that none of your listeners are in that situation, but I know that it is it is quite prevalent out there. Yeah, it is certainly a common common scenario, and and I just actually think that's really so important, the idea that, I mean, we've had so many people on the show. We've had Brendan Hufford with our Katie Portman all talking mm. about creating this, again, back to this work-life balance, but more importantly, creating a business whilst you are running a family. So you can you can do it in all sorts of circumstances, but you're absolutely right. The network, the extended family, the extended family in terms of, look, that doesn't need to be blood family. It's whoever is your family. That really is vital, both in business and in the family side of things. So I think that, that I think that is so, so important. And let's just move into then. We are coming up to uh, to about wrapping up time, actually. But I w- want to take some time to dig into your actionable tips because I know you've put three great tips together for the mm. listeners. So if people are out there and they're perhaps thinking about creating a startup or on the other side of it, they're in small business just like we are and they're thinking about actually starting a family, what is your first piece of actionable advice to these guys? So my first tip is, and this is more on the um, already having a family and taking the jump into business, it's make sure that you've got your support network in check. So we've just talked about the network and the family network. I'm talking about making sure that you and your partner are talking. Make sure that you're talking about, is going into business the right thing for you? 
you know, do they have your back? Um, be completely honest with them from day one, you know, because if there's, if anything can happen, it will happen. You know, it's Murphy's law, you know, and not just the worst things, the best things will happen. So you, you need to make sure that you're covering all bases. Um, myself, you know, as I said, we're pre-revenue, so we've not got any money coming in yet. So I've had to dig into my savings for the past nearly a year now. Um, so you need to say, if there's a serious risk of, of chipping away at these savings, then again, be upfront about it. The thing, the, the key thing really is be honest, be honest and be upfront. Because if you go down six months, a year down the line and you're on the right track, but you've not got any money coming in, then you're going to have arguments and everything, all the arguments that you can't see can be avoided by just having a full and frank conversation. I think that's so important in, in mm. all aspects. Absolutely, completely get that. And your second actionable tip, sir? So it's keep family and work separate. And this is kind of a little bit of something I touched on earlier on. And I'm, I'm not saying um, don't talk to your partner about the aspects of your business. You know, hopefully they're interested in it because they can see the passion. What, I, what I'm saying is think long and hard about the 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 work life balance if you like make sure that when you're at home and your kids are around you that you are giving them your full attention you know yeah we've all got things that we need to do but don't don't shy away from being a father or being a mother or being a being being you know a parent a guardian I've done this myself, you know, I've been working well into the night and I've missed, you know, some, some milestones, milestones, sorry, in, in, um, image of my daughter's life and you can't get them back. And it just leaves this feeling of not deep regret, but it leaves a feeling that you really don't want when you start in a business. So you need to make sure that you give your business all the attention it deserves, but more importantly, give your family all the attention it deserves and your child the attention that they need. I think that importance of switching channel, I, that's, yeah. it's a great, great phrase. I can't remember where I heard it actually, but the idea that you can switch channel and just be completely aware that you are in that time, you are in that moment. And when it comes to switching off from business to family, the, the biggest lesson that I always learned was the fact that unless something is completely 100% getting decimated by a nuclear fireball, there's absolutely no reason for you to drop everything with your family and go and fix it. People yeah. understand. So I think that's yeah, vital. It's true. But I, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll know what it's like to have passion yourself and you'll know what it's like to be in the middle of something. And, and I don't want to say get disturbed, but, but have to, have to stop. You're in the middle of something and you have to stop. And that's when I think, I personally find it hard to switch channels. I mean, you know, it just, just happened earlier on today. You know, my wife was out with our daughter for a little while and they came home and I was in the middle of a coding session and any developers out there will know that once you, once you hit that, that breaking concentration, you can't get back to it. And you just, you just, you're thinking about the things that you need to do. So it is difficult and it's, and it will always be difficult. I think, um, certainly for me, but it's something that you really need to think long and hard about. But I like the phrase switching channels. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It works really well. It's 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 one of those uh, that just sums it up perfectly because you can't you can't expect to be turned on to one thing all the time. You just get fatigued by it, and, and yeah. you, you do need to realize that. Fatigue is a real thing, you know. It's a real thing when you're working at a startup or a family. You know, fatigue can can kill you. So you need to make sure that you are just sort of shutting off for a period of time. 
uh, without digressing too much, one of the things that I really pull from that myself is the idea that um, you, you kind of get energized for the other side of the coin. So let's say that you you are deep into this. We've all woken up, or anyone that's in business, woken up at 2 a.m. with an idea, got up and done something about it. And that's because it's your passion. When you switch off from doing that and you spend the time with the family or, you know, just doing something else, it re-energizes you for the thing that you were fatigued with in the first place. You know, I think that is where that harmonious relationship comes in. Each side of the fence re-energizes you for the other side of the fence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Love it, sir. And the third and final actionable tip then, let's rock that one. So um, get good at doing shortcuts. So... We've already said, you know, you want to spend every waking moment on your project um, and it's normal to feel like, you know, you just need an extra couple of hours or something, but you're usually going to find that you can't get it. And if you do get it, you're not going to accomplish everything that you think you're going to be able to. So personally, I think it's a great idea to delegate. Um, so instead of thinking of what you could do with your time, delegate tasks. So whether these these tasks are something like, you know, um, you want a new um, brand for your product or you know you're looking into your research and designers there are there are websites out there where you can go and you can not pay a penny until you get the brand that you want you can push a project out for somebody you can get designs and you can pay them when you're happy with it and all you need to do is just give them a little spec you can do something like amazon turk where you can hire real people on the other side of you know on the other side of your computer to do these menial little tasks like researching possible customers or possible in our case independent technicians there's been a task where i've needed to go and get thousands of names and addresses for uh, for operators i can just put a couple of sentences on Amazon and I can get somebody to do that for me and only pay them a very, very small price for thousands of thousands of names, which would take me hours. Um, so delegation, get good at doing shortcuts, find these little services. You know, we're in the tech starter page now where you can find anything on demand. You know, you can get anything that you want within reason by a little bit of a Google and it will save you a lot of time and it'll save you a lot of headache and you'll you, I guarantee if you find the right services, you will save a lot of time, a lot of money, and the cost to you will be a lot less. And I mean the cost as in the cost to you personally, that time with your family, that time, you know, slaving away at a keyboard. These are all things that can be saved by just finding the right shortcuts on the internet. And it's a huge place. Guaranteed you can find what you need out there. Definitely. Yeah. Google is your friend. 100% mm. agree with that one. Dude, that's been amazing. That's been a really, really good chat. That so, thanks so much for doing that. And uh, just thanks for having me. You are welcome. And just before we wrap it, where can people find you and the Cavalry online, please? Cavalry. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. Um, that's Adam Farah. That's F A R A H. Uh, you can also find Cavalry on Twitter at Cavalry App, and you can also find us at CavalryApp.com. Um, I would love for people to go and take a look, sign up if you're interested in it and drop me a tweet. I would love to speak to you. Check it out, folks. That is amazing. So a massive thank you to Adam once again for joining me this episode and a huge thanks to you once again for pressing that play button. And don't forget, I'm going to pop everything that myself and Adam have spoken about over at excellence-expected.com. And before we wrap up, I have a very small favor to ask. If you like the show, if you enjoyed myself and Adam rambling on about startups and family life and you found these tips really, really useful, do me a very small favor and tell a couple of friends about the episode. That's the biggest thing that you could do. Thank you so much for doing that. 
Until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Adios.